Richard Alpern, the team of the brass of Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. My guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio making his monthly appearance. This is his monthly appearance. He contributed to CBSSports.com's Eye on Baseball, Stane Perry. Of course, every one of Perry's appearances is preceded by a disclaimer. The disclaimer uh, goes as follows. If you have come to Fangraphs Audio looking for the same sort of crack analysis that appears in the electronic pages of that site, do not continue. Do not continue. Please consider one of managing editor Dave Cameron's weekly appearances. Dave Cameron comes onto the program and analyzes all baseball. Following as well the recent appointment of Dan Farnsworth to the title of lead prospect analyst, you can expect Dan Farnsworth to begin making frequent appearances on the program as well. And instead, with Perry's appearances, we attempt to document the slow decline of a human monster. The sort of person, for example, who, when he shares wisdom with the people, shares wisdom like this. People should keep their principles to a minimum. Our conversation with Dean Perry is to follow uh, almost immediately. What's happening more immediately uh, is a message from our sponsor. Not unlike Dane Perry, daily fantasy sports games are not legal in every state. However, that's not to say that those who live in states where they are legal uh, should not enjoy them. Allow me to introduce you to Draft and the Draft app. If you're familiar with FanDuel or DraftKings, you are familiar with the daily fantasy sport format. Draft is different, though, in the sense that Draft is the first such game designed exclusively for mobile devices. Mobile devices. What you do is you find an opponent, a single opponent, either a friend of yours or an internet stranger, in either case part already of the Draft universe. You conduct a snake draft, each selecting five players. Those players accrue fantasy points, and whichever uh, you or your opponent has collected more fantasy points is named the winner. If you care to add great intrigue to these proceedings, you can wager American currency, although you're not obliged to do so. Uh, But Carson Sestouli, you might say, but Carson, the uh, baseball season is over. Why are you compelled to continue these advertisements for draft? Well, I'll tell you it's because draft offers competitions in other sports as well. For example, NBA basketball, professional and college football, and also hockey, NHL hockey. How do you get it? Uh, Quite easy. If you have a device with the iOS operating system, Make your way to the App Store. Contrary-wise, if you have an Android operating system, you can find the Draft app at Google Play or something else like Google Play. With which utterance, I have ended the uh, promotional message. And we continue now uh, to a conversation with Dane Perry. What is it? Fangraphs Audio. What does it feature? CBSSports.com contributor Dane Perry. And when does it begin? Right now. contact you at the appointed time. Yeah. <laughs> and you weren't available. <laughs> yeah. I I'm excited to listen to it. Um I didn't leave it. You didn't leave I, a voicemail. I didn't say anything. I hung up. Oh, okay. So is it just a you it just you it's just the sound of you hanging up. It's sort of a dry hump voicemail. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, here we are talking. It's all yeah. This is this is going to be brisk and efficient. Okay, yeah. I yeah. was hoping. Uh, I was thinking I might uh, start off. I look forward to a short podcast. I was looking. I thought I might start off, Dane, by um, giving uh, listeners a glimpse into you uh, to our correspondence with each other. Okay. Because um, I had written, I had written. Um, Written you, I guess, uh, the end of last week, maybe, and I'd said, I'd said, would would the pod Friday or next week work? Uh-huh. And then you wrote me back. I don't know if you remember this thing. You wrote me back. You wrote Tuesday, maybe. Period. Gas. <laughs> yes, correct. Correct. <laughs> it's a hyphenated word. Yes. Gas. 
Well, you know, eventually as it becomes part of the, you know, standard lexicon, it'll lose the hyphen. Right, like today. If right. you read an, an old novel, a British novel, it'll say yeah. today with an apostrophe. Should be, I, I predicted, will be OED word of the year at some point. <laughs> yes. That's, pretty, that's ambitious. Mm-hmm. And do you think you'll be cited in the definition? Uh, well, it belongs to the people. I would never, I would never deign to take credit for it. Oh, pun intended? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, then I wrote you, I guess, la- uh, yesterday, it looks like, last night. Is this, is this before your cyberbullying? <laughs> we'll get to that momentarily. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> My campaign. <laughs> yeah. I wrote to you, uh, yeah, it looks like last night around 7.30. <clears throat> I said, hey, does tomorrow still maybe work for you for potting, I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you wrote, you responded, I can do tomorrow at 11 my time for 45 minutes max. Uh, now, f*** off. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? Those are my feelings at the time, yes. <laughs> yes. What else, what other feelings did you have at the time, Dane? Uh, why do I continue to do these? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, what, what do He's you, what, capable of reaching out to me at a time that is not annoying. Um, I, I try you at all hours of the day. Right, every time's annoying. Okay. <laughs> For any correspondence, or does it happen to be, you don't find a, any pleasure from these, Dane? These, these rap sessions we have? I do. Oh, you do? So why, why? I, so- no, that's not true. I, <laughs> I, th- I think, I, I, they're fine once they get going, but it's the planning. And it's the interrupting of my precious late mornings mm-hmm. uh, that I. Uh, we usually catch you. You've uh, you're drinking some coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing now. Cooking some beans, drinking some coffee. <laughs> uh, doing a quick soak of some beans. Oh, okay. For for preparation later, is that right? We're at the stove top right now. <laughs> yeah, and what do you do? Like a 24 hour. I do a quick soak, Sistuli. Oh, well, how, how does that work, Dane? Oh, well, you put the beans in the pot. Mm-hmm. You want me to start at the very beginning here? <laughs> yeah, who's, what, what sort of, what sort of migrant is picking these beans, first of all? <laughs> Can you give a detailed description about this person's past and how troubled it is? Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna resist. You're trying to set me up to make a Syrian migrant joke. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> it wasn't my intention, but. Yeah, no, I, I know what you're doing. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you put the beans in the pot, Sistuli. Yeah. Cover them with a healthy amount of water. You bring them to a vigorous boil. Mm-hmm. And you cover the pot, turn off the heat, and let them soak. I would imagine that no other sort of boil besides a vigorous one is allowed in, in right. the Perry household. A thumping boil is also permitted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that uh, expedites the soaking process rather than just soaking them in cold water. Right. Right. And so, so do you, is, this, is this something you start in the morning and then by the evening you're ready for beans? <clears throat> Late afternoon beans are a possibility with this soaking method. Uh-oh. Late afternoon beans, isn't that also uh, – is that, a euphemism, is that a euphemism you use for intercourse? Hashtag late afternoon beans. <laughs> it's a good time for beans. It's also a synonym for intercourse. I, uh, 
Speaking of which, when's the last time you and your lady had laid eggs? I don't know. What yeah. uh, can you calculate infinity on an abacus? <laughs> Just picture someone attempting to render infinity by means merely of an abacus. Okay. And that that gives you an approximation. Alright. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Some people had some questions. I wrote because I had I I indicated via social media platform Twitter dot Twitter.com. Yes. I said that middle-aged bully Dane Perry would be appearing yes. on Fangraphs to answer the critics uh-huh. who are calling him a human manure pile. Uh-huh. And uh, rightfully so, people were curious <clears throat> as to whether the you um, were in fact a manure a, a pile of human manure. Right. Or right. if you were a human. Uh, composed exclusively of a manure pile, uh, but indeterminate origins. Well, I, you know, you've seen me in person. I appear to be vaguely hominid. <laughs> yeah, I would say so that. I'm not, I'm not visibly a pile of manure, so it would be the latter. Human, I'm a right, man right. who has manure coursing through his veins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah there, I also cast some other aspersions against you. Okay. This is this is fine. This is acceptable. Yeah. I mean, cyberbullying is a thing now. So. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I suggested that you had not, um, you you would refuse to address the rumors about being either the president or vice president of Nickelback's fan club. Uh huh. Yeah. There's another microaggression. How do you uh, how do you respond to that? I don't even. I mean, I'm aware of the uh, of the. Uh, Antipathy for Nickelback that has mm-hmm. become almost a uh, flag of irony. Um, yeah, I was sort of. I don't uh, know that I've ever heard any yeah, song there. I don't know anything about them. In fact, I learned uh, afterwards uh, by my means of my own research uh, <clears throat> that I had spelled Nickelback wrong. I, uh, you know, in fact, I actually found myself coming into this opinion about a month ago. I think. It's so widespread is the hate for Nickelback that I hope they persist like cockroaches mm-hmm. and make the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say? Would you say there is a greater correlation between talent uh-huh. um, and ad, and admittance to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or the Baseball Hall of Fame? Uh, what did, what did I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure. What are the most objectionable Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I have no idea. I don't, I know zero things about it. And I also know that the Experience Music Project in Seattle, uh, is also supposed to be, it seems, um, it seems to replace, uh, in some, to some degree, the, cause the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland, right? Is this, is the thing in Seattle sort of like the Hall of Merit of the, I don't know. You go there, and uh, I think there's a lot of memorabilia. Okay. It is a distinct. I, I gotta say, I gotta say, there are a few things that interest me less than music memorabilia. <laughs> Surveying a guitar, it just makes me feel like I'm at like a hard rock cafe in Jacksonville or something. <laughs> no. True or false? There is a hard rock cafe in Jacksonville. Uh, you know what? Taking this to uh, Alta Vista as we speak. Okay. I, I will I will now look. I'm very interested. What are your suspicions? It seems as though you would say above 50% chance. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually say there's not one there. Okay. But there should be. 
Surely there's at least a Planet Hollywood. What do you regard as a sort of aisle, uh, ideal Hard location? Hard Rock Locator. <laughs> <laughs> Not safe for work. <laughs> Man, my internet is diseased today. Do you suppose that... Uh, are you surprised to learn that there's one in Orlando? No, not surprised at all. Okay. All that Orlando is full of that kind of trash. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the least surprising things I've ever heard. In fact, still. Okay. Do you would you would you be surprised to find? Do you think there is or is not a Hard Rock Cafe in all of Mississippi? I, I there is one in uh, in Biloxi, or at least there was at one time. And to whom is this designed to appeal? People who are visiting, what, for gambling? Biloxi is actually a... Uh, it's a destination. Uh, a, yeah, I mean, it has a beach and many casinos. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, allure a certain demographic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, no, so no, there's nothing surprising about... Uh, by mm-hmm. the way, Gulfport crushed Biloxi in football. Oh, they did? Yeah. yeah. And was your brother somehow responsible for the victory? <laughs> Probably. Your brother, the uh, cited, cited on previous editions. Probably on some level. Owner of uh, owner of a nice spread in the what the hills of Tennessee or something like that. Yes, he is. Okay, there appears to be. If I'm using the trash locator correctly, <laughs> there appears to be three uh, establishments of the Hard Rock family in Orlando. Three. Hard Rock Hotel, okay. Hard Rock Cafe, Hard Rock Live. Hmm. The Hard Rock Live is like a uh, – is it a venue then, do you suppose? The only thing that sounds tolerable is a hotel. I mean, I, you know, it's hard to mess up a hotel. you got to have rooms for people to stay in. Right, yeah. So, no, it, it appears there's no Hard Rock Jacksonville. Okay. I would like to uh, briefly – Starting a GoFundMe right now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I know one of your favorite topics is human frailty, Dane. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't. I shared some with you by email, uh, but I uh, I still have I'm still suffering from one of the conditions, which is hives, Dane. I appear to have contract. I don't know if you contract hives, developed hives, on my uh, yeah. largely on my midsection and my arms. Yeah, this sound. Uh, this is eminently believable. Okay. And uh, I was a little bit, because I'm taking currently a, a mild steroid to prevent the ear infections, which I get, which are typically uh-huh. the province of children. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought that that was responsible for it. But it, uh, my doctor, two doctors assure me that uh, is not, that it is probably something owing either to the detergent or dryer sheets we've been using. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. That, that, wow. Growing up, my mom, I know, she used the exact detergent and the exact dryer sheets in mass quantities that are the guaranteed to give you skin irritation, right? Um, it's like a spe- like, you know, like asbestos or whatever is in insulation that makes you itchy. This is essentially both the detergent and the dryer sheets were made out of these same materials and uh, nothing ever happened. But only recently has it has it become a problem, and I can tell you, yes, because it's not on my hands or my face, uh-huh. just on uh, just where I wear my shirts and a little bit in my swimsuit area. 
swimsuit area. Yeah, that's not mine, but that taking that style, but it is a little bit, yeah, a little bit of irritation. I, I, this were, if this were earlier generations, you would be exempted from World War II service because of your dryer sheet allergy. <laughs> if I, I know I should have, I should have held on. It would have been good. Uh, oh, I was, possibly serve. I was instructed by my doctor to this take, will not do. To take uh, an antihistamine, not unlike Claritin. Uh-huh. He said, if that does not clear it up, here is also a prescription for prednisone, which I believe is a form of uh, a type of steroid. Um, now, I took the antihistamine, and it appeared to have some effect, although the hives did not go away completely. However, I am slow to, to take the prednisone because research uh, suggests, research that I've conducted by way of the Internet, that uh-huh. uh, while taking this, uh, drinking is frowned upon. There's no interaction per se, but uh, it could be difficult on your stomach. Well, that's 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 hardly acceptable. Yeah, and so I said, mm, well, maybe I'll hold off because yeah. I've I read some <laughs> other sites and and they indicate that only if you have hives for over a month should you really be worried. So I'm only okay. at like two and a half weeks now. Okay, so the, the hives clock is at two and a half weeks. <laughs> so I would have thought about. Have you thought about setting up an online hives clock? So. <laughs> Those who are concerned can follow. Uh, maybe I could put it. Uh, maybe I could put it uh, on my personal blog right next to the web counter. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a fine idea. Now, would you have it as a count? You'd have it as a countdown clock, right? <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't, I don't know if we know an end date for this, so that might be difficult. Well, four weeks, I think. That's the, that's the month. Okay. So you're saying I'd make the end date the one month drop dead. One month. month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe I could just I could just buy the URL um, should Carson visit a doctor dot com sestulihivesclock.angelfire.com <laughs> and I could yeah and if it's if it hits zero I should go back and see Doctor Perimetla at Mid State Health uh-huh. and, uh huh and he'll say Doctor Perimetla I will tell you so. At some other doctors I've seen, do you know how do you know how I want to be a Jewish person? Do you know how that is very uh, yeah, obvious? I think this, yeah. yeah, you know I want to be a Jewish person. I not necessarily I want to celebrate the the religious aspects of it, but I like the sort of neurotic behavior that is tolerated from Jewish people. Which, if you are a, a Gentile, people are like, "What is wrong with you?" Right. Right. But if you're a Jewish person, you'd be like, "Oh, I'm Jewish. It's funny." Um, so other places, other cities in which I've lived where maybe there's a slightly larger Jewish population, my doctors kind of, you know, they're like, oh, well, do you have problems with anxiety? I'm like, do I have problems with anxiety? I tried to, I tried, I, I, I use a, I only got rid of my blanket a year ago, you know, and I can do oh, that. No. And the doctors are like, the doctors are kind of amused by it. Right. Yeah. Dr. Pyramidla, uh, who, who works in rural New Hampshire, uh-huh. He's just like, why are you acting like this? <laughs> That's his reaction. I went to see him regarding uh, my anxiety, my anxiety medication. He's like, he's like, well, he's like, I think we should start from the premise, right? That you want to be off this anxiety medication at some point, right? And I was yeah, like, I hate that. Someone's given me that crap before. I was like, why are we starting with that premise? That actually, you're giving me an anxiety attack by mentioning yeah. it. Yeah. I and he's not. like, well, no, it just clearly means that you're weak. I mean, I think we can all decide. <laughs> I was like, Dr. Pirmella, this is not – he's a good doctor though. He's, he's a solid doctor, but he just – I don't think that he 
I don't think he's willing. I don't think he wants to interact with that part of it. He's not. He's not amused by it. Did he? Did he prescribe some push-ups and an honest day's work instead of, <laughs> instead of anti-anxiety meds? Yeah, he kind of looks to me like he's like you understand my family like immigrated to this country with nothing, right? Your little act <laughs> yeah. is not funny at all. It's not amusing in the least. Whereas Doctor Cuts in Madison, he's the one who told me that. Three to five drinks a night was acceptable. <laughs> a night. A night. He's the one who told me. He said in in terms only slightly different than how I'll relate it to you. He's life is terrible. <laughs> he was good. He was from Chicago. If, can, if there's anyone worthy of the title America's Doctor, it's probably him, right? Yeah. Did I tell you about the time when um, he went to take my blood pressure and he put it around my arm? And even the smallest setting on the uh, the blood pressure monitor was was too big to go to put around my arm. And he said, he paused. He goes, "Oh, sorry, this is the Wisconsin model." <laughs> and he had to go find a different one. Wisconsin model. It was too the smallest setting. You know, like when you when you're little and you put on your dad's belt or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was just too big, and I'm, you know, I'm also an adult male. Well. Well. <laughs> um, now, Dane, have you ever have you ever suffered from hives before? I have not. No. no. Any other sort of allergic reactions, Dane? Um. No, I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah. Does the does the does the Pope in the woods? Uh, you're not referring to the Holy Father in those terms, are you? I don't know. No. The I Holy could, See? I got to take a step back. How are you? <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this. You, you, you. Um, I don't know if you've watched any of Stephen Colbert's uh, early episodes after having taken over the whatever the program's called, the, his late night program. I. Uh, I certainly wish him well, being that that's CBS programming. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, that's true. Sorry, I forgot. But uh, I am not a uh, consumer of late-night talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am and so steadfast am I in that stance that I do not want to talk about late-night talk. Okay. Well, I, would, I will merely relate to you that he has had – It's better be quick. He has had – It's a um, story I'm hanging up. <laughs> a number of occasions – he has uh, spoken very frankly, but not not uh, without some amusement about his Catholic faith. Uh-huh. Uh, and also recently, uh, stand-up comedian John Mulaney, a oh, native no. of Chicago, oh. uh, has talked about his Catholicism at some. Okay, don't 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 relay a joke. I'm not relaying a joke. I'm just telling oh. you. And I thought that that might interest you because I think that you okay. attempt to practice Catholicism as well. I'm pretty good at practicing it. Yeah. 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 Which parts uh, are you I, best I, at? I was concerned you're going to relay a No, no story. I'm just saying here are two Okay. Here are two prominent figures in popular culture yeah. who have made direct reference to their Catholicism. Okay. Okay? What am I supposed to do with that? Just thought you might just that's the Catholic update. The Catholic status update. <laughs> Catholic update? Yeah. Is this a new recurring segment? Well, it was – what's interesting about it in both cases, more so with Colbert than Mulaney, is there does not – typically, 
the way one is supposed to speak about his or her Catholicism in public is to is to talk about the ways that he or she has failed at being Catholic right. and also how balesome and how burdensome that Catholic, the Catholicism in, is on his or her life. That is the yeah. normal way in which people speak about it. And uh, in, many, in many cases, it is deserved. Yeah. Because especially – now, you did not grow up in the faith. No, I did not. I'm you a have convert. a convert's – I don't know if it's a convert's zeal – uh, but you did not. You were not beaten by nuns as a youth. At least not Catholic nuns. <laughs> at least I was, not. No, I was maybe not. you were, but only because they were performing a heist of some sort. Well, I was. I was, you know, raised under the boot heel of the Southern Baptist Church, so I, I yield to no one. And uh, having experienced uh, the strictures and mandates of a church, mm-hmm. yeah. But you, but you were not. You were not beaten by a nun. You never attended a Catholic mass, uh, like a Latin mass. No. No, like my dad. My dad tells stories. He when he went when he went to church for the first however many years of his life, like it was just in Latin, and the priest was looking at the altar the whole time. Right, yeah, yeah like pre-Vatican II. Yeah, yeah, right. That's how the uh, yeah that, and I I don't know. I mean I, I you know everything has a uh, has a reason all those decisions to do it that way, but the the, the priest not not uh, luring himself to look upon the congregants is. Uh, is rich. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great, and yet, and yeah. yet, at no time, at least in the 20th century, was attendance at church greater. Right. Or, you know, for the first half of the 20th century, yeah. when when it's just like it, when you, the priest is giving the the sense that you are lucky to be there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're lucky to be there, even though we're not saying any words that you understand. Yes. Perhaps I will look at you. Are that we are allowing to. Befoul this place. Yeah. With your presence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of this thing, uh, uh, my son, as is entirely predictable, does not like going to church. <laughs> yeah. Church is, church is super boring. Yes, yes. And, uh, mostly for the benefit of seeing his reaction. There's a friend of mine over yesterday and somehow this topic came up. And I, I was going to ask my son if he liked church. <laughs> uh-huh. And here's how that conversation went. Yeah, okay. Wyatt, do you like going to church? No. <laughs> I didn't, he didn't allow me to finish the question. He knew the whole thing. Yeah. He knew what you were going to ask. He did, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, he does not like going to church. And uh, in that way, he is like me when I was his age. Yes. What uh, do the church you attend... Do they have a sort of uh, <coughs> religious education component where the children are all sent off? No, and they should. Yeah, because nobody wants to sit there with a you know a kid. No, and the and, kid doesn't want to be there either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, we let him bring a book, you know. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. And my wife, who was raised in the church, is somehow under this impression that that stops when he's in third grade or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, 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 no. He's not going to be paying attention anyway. Yeah. So why not give him something that's going to give us peace? <laughs> right. While we're there, I mean, you it's would, not like a, you know, it's not like he's bringing a stand-up video game in or something. I mean, it's just so you cool. you want to you you support a pacifying device? I do, absolutely, I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I uh, <clears throat> my my wife has recently relayed to me some uh, interactions that she's had with her students. Yeah. And uh, sometimes, sometimes the students they they are surprisingly 
confident in the face of authority. Okay. And, and, and openly defiant in ways that, in ways that I suspect would not have been tolerated at all when I was a young person. Okay. Uh, when I was a, when I was a, when I was young, I remember one time even, I remember one time we were going around, we had like a number, it was like a, you know, like a number line. That was like a thing that existed in seventh, or in second grade, not seventh grade as much. <laughs> you know, it's just a line with little hash marks and then numbers. Right. And it was all around the room, and it, I don't know how high it went up, pretty high though. Yeah. And uh, one time my teacher was, Counting aloud, and she like missed 143 or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you missed 143. And she was like, yeah. So I went home that day, and I told my mom, I said, oh, yeah, the teacher missed it, but I made sure to, that she knew. Uh-huh. And my mom said, you, they said, that's wrong. <laughs> she said, you have to go to school tomorrow, and the first thing you'll do is apologize to the teacher. <laughs> and I did. Oh. I didn't know. I didn't know, you know. And she backhand you across the face? After you no, called? no. Mrs. White was very sweet. Okay. Right. Mrs. White. Yeah. Oh, sure. oh. I recently found out that a teacher that I did have in, I think, fifth or sixth grade uh-huh. was caught. Okay. Um, she was – it was in her car, but um, the driver was a former student of hers. All right. Now, not much older than 18, I believe, who was also known to be – a um, it was a well-known member of a white supremacist group. Oh wow! Yeah, because I this think is that where this is where New Hampshire, New or? Hampshire. Yeah, I think that he w- had. I think he was a member of the white supremacist group because he had been in prison. Okay, that'll yeah. And I think that wait, uh, he's eighteen. Not much older than eighteen. And he's already like maybe early twenties now. Maybe it had a he had had a spell. And he's already got a prison gang tenure behind him at 18. I don't know. Maybe he had. Maybe he had gone. Maybe does it sort of thing? Do Do you divide up into ethnic groups when you're in juvie? That That's what I was just wondering. Yeah. I mean, was, uh... I'm sure you'd also had been to juvie. Yeah. But what do you do at that point? What do you also? We're talking about New Hampshire, right? And uh, well, uh, it's no secret that there are a lot of white people in that state. That's true. So if you go to a prison in New Hampshire. Uh, and hypothetically, you know, the largest percentage, do you then start to break into different groups, different, uh, you're like ethnic European groups? Yeah, I, I would assume there's probably, uh, maybe it breaks down along Protestant Catholic lines at that point. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have, a, I don't have a lot of experience with it. I assumed you as a, uh. You set a goal, you can find someone to hate, you know. You just got to set a goal and you got to go for it. It's true. Don't let someone tell you you can't do it. Yeah. You know, right. it's not how many times, it's not how many times you fall down. Right. It's how pure your hatred is for people who are different than you. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I have that. I think I'm going to get that tattoo. The honor is not in never falling, but in rising again after the fall. What is sorry? The honor is not. Yeah, that's right. Never falling. Right. Rising again after the fall. Right. Like a phoenix, you will rise from the ashes and hate Protestants. Yes, right. right. <laughs> That's on the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Good news. So no allergies, huh, Dan? I mean, I have allergies, like, you know, sinus allergies and that sort of thing, but not like, you know, I don't get like, 
wee boy skin flex like you do. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't duck out of World War II service like you would because of dryer sheet allergies. Have you, <laughs> have you ever taken Claritin before? I've not. No. How about uh, I it's takes that like you know like candy? Who does? My wife. She does. Yeah, steady intake of Claritin. Did your wife uh, get out of World War II service? <laughs> no, she uh, she killed Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that suicide story is false. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, Dana, but um, you, you and I have been interested in uh, some of the. Uh, the mechanics of killing baby Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> right? Given, well, I don't know that I have. I guess given a time machine. Well, you've at least answered questions about it. Have I? Yeah, we've, we've discussed, we've discussed them, yeah, the mechanics of, if, if given a time machine, what would be, what would your first, you know, your first intentions be? But See, actually. I, I, I find these questions to be galactically uninteresting. <laughs> the point is, the point is that baby Hitler apparently has become a topic. Oh yeah, it is of, yeah. Po- of policy of recently. Yeah, yeah. That has to be part of the platform, a, a, I, a candidate's I, I platform. Let him live and raise him, and then beat the hate out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Oh no, maybe it was with uh, Dave Cameron. Actually, I discussed this. Yeah, I don't think we've talked about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Have you? Just, do you, I, I do you have a policy it. regarding if you, if given a time machine, would you would you? Would your first inclination be to go back and kill baby Hitler? I was just about to explain why I don't like these. Okay. Anything premised upon an impossibility, I have no interest in answering. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I had a time machine? Yeah. I don't. I don't. You don't have a time machine? No. Here's a question. Yeah. If given a time machine, yeah. would you go back to the first summer of MTV's Beach House uh-huh. and uh, celebrate with uh, downtown Julie Brown? Or, or wait, was she still there? I forget who was still there. I, I don't know. Uh, MTV VJ Jesse, Jesse, whatever his name was. Oh, is he the one that kind of has your body type? <laughs> yeah, but not my haircut. Right. No. He's, yeah. Did you, did you I, ever... I would go back and uh, try to strike up a romance with, ni- with early 1970s Jacqueline Bissett. <laughs> That's how I'd use a time machine. Was she, uh, was she? When she refused my advances, I would come back to the present day. <laughs> Not if she refused your advances. Right. When? Yeah. <clears throat> would you, uh, would you maybe, uh, oh. instead of going to visit Jacqueline Bissett, mm-hmm. um, would you go back, uh, to the year 1970, one year, uh, before Americans Isaac Tigret and Peter Morton Established the first Hard Rock Cafe location in London, <laughs> and begin your own Hard Rock Cafe, you know, in London or elsewhere, uh, and then and then, uh, you know, make millions. I would, uh, I would go straight to the superlative, mm-hmm. and the and begin the hardest rock cafe, <laughs> just to completely undermine them. Yeah, Dibbly. Yeah. Now we we know uh, it just established. Hard Rock Cafe was founded in 1971. Any guesses as to when Planet Hollywood came around? 1986. No, 1991. Really? Yeah. There's also, as I recall, a uh, fashion cafe. Okay. Started by a conglomerate of supermodels. That's great. Yeah. 
there was a, uh, I think may have even been after Planet Hollywood, which is, which is remarkable in its capacity to entirely miss the trend. Yeah, 1995, it seems like. Yeah, that, come on, ladies. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. believe Zell might have been involved. Uh, a little earlier than that. Naomi Campbell. Okay. Elle McPherson, Claudia Schiffer, and Christy Turlington. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, it was also, uh, the businessmen involved were Francesco Booty and Tommaso Booty. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, each charged, uh, with 35 counts of wire fraud and 14 counts of stolen property, money laundering, conspiracy to commit wire fraud. It didn't work out too well for them. Well, there's no other way to get Fashion Cafe off the ground. You need to, uh. You gotta break a few eggs to make an yeah, omelet. That's true. That's what Stalin said. Yep, he did. Good man, that Stalin. <laughs> he was also, uh. He was also an early investor. <clears throat> Somehow the least crooked of all of them. Internet clarification. Mm-hmm. I do not think Stalin was a good man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm making some breakfast, Stuart. Oh, what do you have? I'm having, uh. Bananas and blueberries. Okay. With, uh. Whey powder. Locally sourced? Local, local items or? Uh, well, from the jewel up the street. What are your, um. Do you have any farmers markets around you during the summer? You. <laughs> okay. So yeah, now. I'm around, but I can hardly be bothered. Well, you don't like to support local agriculture? Well, I mean, it's Illinois. The stuff in stores is probably local agriculture. That's a good point. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to start talking to me about the slow food movement or something? No. I, I know. I, I, I mean, I go to these farmer's markets. I don't really have any strong principles about it other than I feel – it's mostly to avoid feeling dirty when I do it the other way. Yeah. Well, yeah. people should keep their principles to a minimum. <laughs> it's the best life advice I can give. <laughs> it's a. Uh, <clears throat> um, it is uh, actually. I came across uh, um, on the, the at the crossroads of attempting to keep your principles to a minimum. Damien nuts to my breakfast. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and our friend Emil Chorin. Uh-huh. And also, uh, also at this crossroads, so it's sort of a six, six inter- six sided intersection. It's also medical problems. Uh-huh. I learned about, uh, um, I was reading some Chorin and he writes that the, uh, he talked about the ab- abulic. Are you familiar with abulia? I don't believe I am. Well, he says that the abulic, leaving ideas alone, should be the only one given access to them. When men of action deal with ideas, our sweet quotidian clutter is organized into tragedy. <laughs> but I had to learn more about abulia. I think you would be. I think you would be very that, taken with that it. Like, anything to do with ebullience? What does that mean? Like enthusiasm. Uh, okay, so that's with an e. Abulia is a b. Oh, a b. Okay. O u l i a, or just a b u l i a. Yeah. Uh, in neurology, it refers to a lack of will or initiative. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can preach to this affliction. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here are some. 
<laughs> Here are some of the clinical features most commonly associated with ebulia. Uh, la- uh, difficulty in initiating or sustaining movements. Okay. Lack of spontaneous movement. Okay. Um, one of them was, one of them, I, f- I forget it here. It's that patients may stop chewing just in the middle of a mouthful of food. Oh, wow. Yeah, here it is. Especially patients with, it may affect feeding. Patients may continue to chew or hold food in their mouths for hours without swallowing it. Oh, wow. They just lose. This is very compelling. I'm sure in practice it's, it's, it's not as compelling. But just the idea of someone becoming, losing interest in their food to such a degree that it just happens in the middle of a bite, and they just leave the food in their mouths. Wow! For later, maybe till ne- the next time they're hungry. Yeah, like like hamster cheeks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, the idea of um, so yeah, it's, it's essentially is, just a gross I, lack of interest. Ah, in talking over me. Jesus. So this is an actual physical malady and not like a psychological hang-up? I think you meet – I think it meets in the middle, right? It's a – All right. It's a neurological disorder. It falls in the middle of the spectrum of diminished motivation. Okay. It's more severe than apathy, but more extreme than akinetic mutism. Have you ever thought about putting on your Twitter bio – more severe than apathy. No, I don't wouldn't do that. No, okay. No, I wouldn't. But I, but I often I so I walk. Over, <clears throat> I experience anxiety. Uh huh. On a pretty daily basis. Sure. And and it's some and it's also in a type of fear, right? And the fear is, the fear constantly is of supporting myself. I'm constantly nervous about supporting myself because I'm also – I'm pretty much convinced that I will be fired on any given day, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then I tell I tell like an analyst this and he says, well, what are you worried about getting fired for? I'm like for the substandard work that I provide constantly, <laughs> right? I don't think – like it's not a question of if there is an excuse. It's which reason right. – for which reason will I be fired? The only reason Appleman hasn't fired you is because he's surveying the reasons and can't settle on one. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. He's just sitting there with a mouthful of food, refusing to chew <laughs> until... While he looks at his yellow notepad, his yellow legal <laughs> pad of reasons to fire Carson. Yeah, just yeah. sitting on, sitting over it, pouring over it. Maybe he's even... He has like a breakdown of the percentages, like 15% <laughs> for, for you know, poorly worded sentences... Another 30% for um, failure to produce new ideas. (laughs) It's a combination of things. So when I'm fired, and then, and then, and then the the, the next thing is, well, then I, I just assume that whatever employment I'll get after that, because I essentially have the best possible job for someone of my skills or lack thereof. Right. And also willingness to work. Right. There's no possible. It's not. It's impossible. I'm going to get a better job after this. Right. Yeah. Really, my concern is that the, the you know the next job I have or the one I have after being fired from the second job will be that during the middle of the day I will just lose. At one point, I will lose all will to continue working. 
and I will just sit there in, in a near comatose state. Well, and I didn't know what necessarily to call it, but I believe it would be in a bulic state, what we're discussing right now. Yeah. Where yeah. I cannot, I just cannot move my limbs. I just refuse to move my limbs. My mm-hmm. body essentially shuts down. My body strike goes on strike against my my will, mm-hmm. and I don't move anymore. And that is, I have daydreams about just being able to to stop all expending all effort. <laughs> just I do. I have sweet, sweet daydreams about ju- about just being able not never to have to move again. Okay. Until I become the sort of person that you have to use a crane to to get <laughs> to get out of his house. Okay. Cuz you know like a like a couch that mm-hmm. that was designed after your you know 19th century building. Right. Just too large to remove by way of stairs. And you and a friend have to, you know, get like a local so you have to get, find someone with a truck to get, to bring you to push you off the off the balcony. Fair enough. I, I have day, I have dream. I do every dream I have. I check my my email frequently, too frequently. Sure. And I I often wonder what am I what what email am I looking for? You know. And I'm looking for here's the email I'm I'm hoping to get someday is you don't have to try anymore. <laughs> That's the email I want. Yeah, it's all over, Carson. Everything's fine from here until the end. You know, if you subscribe to the <laughs> Home Depot emails, you'll get one of those. <laughs> that's that's the email I'm looking for. Just the to the emails. Don't have to worry about it anymore. Your your meals are taken care of. You just need to wake up, you know, dawdle around, and then go to bed. You responding to an email, Dane? What's that? You responding to an email? I was sending an email. Oh. Yeah. To whom? You. Yeah. I guess I'll receive it soon. Yeah. I would assume. Oh, look at this. I got an email from you, Dane. Yeah. Yeah. What's the subject line? You don't have to try anymore. See? <laughs> See? There you go. That's it, man. If my wife died or... Just let go. Oh, or when she divorces me, Dane. Uh-huh, right. What do you think Why about this both? arrangement? Why not both? I move into your house. This, you know, this raises something. Okay, go ahead and finish. I move into your house. Yeah. With very few possessions and no desire to acquire any more. Huh? And I just sit in a room. You call me out periodically for meal times. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same food your family's eating. Yeah. Just enough nourishment so that you're not arrested for for me right. dying because of that for keeping a starved hound in my yeah. yeah you encourage me to shower enough so that i don't make your home dangerous carry you like a sack of potatoes and hose you off yeah occasionally yeah outside like in uh did you ever yeah. see the movie julian donkey boy <laughs> what no uh, it's a Harmony Corinne film. I don't know who that is. He's the guy who wrote okay, Kids. Okay, well, let's make this a brief anecdote. But it, there's, a, there's a part where uh, Werner Herzog is spraying down his son just in the driveway. <laughs> just with a – his son's training for wrestling or something. He's just spraying him, hosing him down in a suburban driveway. 
and the sun hates it. It's cold. It's cold outside, and the water's even colder. Uh huh. Anyway, yeah, that's what, that's what you do. And then, uh, you know, I just stay at your house until the end. Mm. Sure. Would you do you support that? Does your wife not have life insurance? Well, let's say she let's say she divorced me. Okay. What so, if this so like a year in the future. What if this happened? Okay. What if she died? And then in part of her as part of her last will and testament, yeah. she insisted that she divorce you from the grave. <laughs> so you are compelled to use whatever inheritance you got from her. Yeah. To 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 fund the divorce. divorce proceedings. You're talking about a posthumous divorce. Yes. Yeah. And then her life insurance settlement went to Appleman. <laughs> Why does it go to Appleman? Well, he's the uh, he's the secondary beneficiary on her policy that you don't know about. Yeah, we have uh, we actually have a last will and testament, uh, yeah. but we <laughs> it, it was we only really did it when we were kids. So the only thing we've left to each other is all of our CDs. <laughs> <laughs> CDs and love. Yeah, that's all I have. Yeah, we left. I, when I, I we say it sometimes. When I die, you can have all of my CDs. <laughs> she's got uh, she's got a bunch Great. of Great white stripe CDs. Yeah, and maybe some Joni Mitchell. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Mm, so yeah, what do you, do you have, now? Do you have a last will and testament? Uh, no. So you're getting between your health and your age. I I would really think that you would. Want to start that? I'm an excellent health historian. Yeah, but things happen. Uh, I just I just had my annual physical. You did? Yeah. Did you get poked in the butt? No, he didn't do that this time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you have to pay extra? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he's. I think I didn't tip him last time. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's withholding. Yeah. Uh, we are we are uh, amply insured though. So. That's right. Through your wife's work or something else. Through uh, public health care now. No, I'm talking about life insurance. No, okay. No. So. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, no worries if one of us dies. In mm. fact, I'm probably worth more dead than I am alive. So. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, so. So, yeah, I would encourage you to get life insurance, Stuart. Mm. If you don't have it. This is how you can survive your wife's passing. And then on the upside, she probably doesn't need any life insurance on your end because you contribute so little. Right. There's that. Yeah. There's that. She is uh, – I don't know how exactly she arranged this, but a couple times now, including this past summer, my wife has gone and spent a week on a French farm uh, with the former chef uh, to French uh, president – of uh, Francois Mitterrand. There's no way this scenario has not led to infidelity. <laughs> She's a woman. <laughs> but her name is uh, Danielle Delpouc. Or Delpouch, no. Anyway, there's a movie about her called Haute Cuisine. Uh, that was like an art house film that came out a year or two ago. I don't know how it originally happened, but my wife ended up staying with her. And then only afterwards we realized this woman was famous, but my wife stayed with her again this past uh, summer. Of course she did. Danielle. 
And um, is, there a, is there a well-muscled farmhand in the picture? <laughs> well, but here's the thing. The reason that she started – so she started – she sort of got on – she entered this early where she would make a sort of tourist destination out of the farm she owned where uh, people would come to visit. They'd stay at the farm, and she would make them French – rural French cuisine. And I think that she would also maybe teach them something about rural French cuisine, cuisine at the same time. That sounds all right. Yeah, right. So you go there, you stay for a week. It's beautiful. The grounds, the grounds are lovely. And uh, the reason she started this, though, is because she had multiple children and a husband. And one day uh, – I'm, I'm probably making it a, a little bit more convenient for the sake of narrative. But th- one day, essentially, her husband was like, N- I'm not working anymore. <laughs> he, he announced and then meanwhile they had like four kids and she was like well we need money and he said well not for me and he stopped working <laughs> I don't know if she's officially or unofficially still married to her husband I do know that he lives on the grounds of this farm mm-hmm. he has a like a tiny house <laughs> she makes all of his meals for him still but other than that they have no sort of real uh, interactions with each other Okay. And uh, that's what I want. That's the exact uh, arrangement I want, especially because she's also like an award-winning chef. Yeah. I want to just stay – I just want to live on those grounds. Uh-huh. French countryside, that's great. Maybe there's a bar to which I can walk and uh, spend yeah. time with elderly men. Well, on a walk. I mean she should really take you on like a rickshaw. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm willing to walk. I actually like one walk a day. Okay. Right. You know, Deepak Chopra says it's good for you. <laughs> no, Andrew Weil, Dr. Andrew. I get them confused. They're totally... not, 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 let's get Dr. Oz in that mix. No, no, no. Dr. Andrew Weil, I think he recommends 45 minutes of walking a day. Yeah. And that's what I want. I just want to sit out there. I want to be put out to pasture. I want to retire as a 35-year-old. Yeah. Would you whittle a walking stick? Oh, that sounds like that's a lot of work. But does, right? Uh, would you... Would you buy it on Etsy a walking stick? <laughs> yeah, an artisanal uh-huh. walking stick oh. made by a young bearded Brooklynite. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. With an amber handle inside of which uh, contained a mosquito from the Bronze Age. And it has uh, some of Cleopatra's blood in it. And a pint of craft beer. <laughs> Dane, you're lucky because uh, I had breakfast so long ago. And have had so much coffee in the meantime that I'm now developing the shakes. (laughs) (laughs) What was your breakfast, Cecilia? I have the same thing every day. I have yogurt from a local dairy. Oh, you got to throw that in. Jesus. Well, I mean, it's not that fancy because I live in the middle of... Yeah, you say I have yogurt? Yeah, it's nice yogurt, though. Yeah, okay. But there's not really much else to recommend this region except for this local dairy. I will recommend it right now. Okay. It is um, Huckins Farm. Okay. Huckins Farm. Fantastic yogurt. I mix that with some quick oats, some uh, Quaker quick oats, quick and, oats. A, and a little bit of local honey. Ah. That's great. Quaker quick oats. Yeah, you know, whatever. The, whatever. I, I get the store breakfast. brand quick yeah. oats, too. Same breakfast every morning, too. You do? I do. What do you have? What do you have? Uh, Just told you what I had. Blueberries? Blueberries, bananas, as whey powder, macadamia nuts. Hey, wasn't your nickname in high school old macadamia nuts? 
No, that was college. All right, Dan. This is a this is a mess. I'm really losing energy to him. Yeah, yeah. You sound like it. Getting low. We need a nap after this hard day's work. I'm gonna have. I gotta. Have, I have a podcast with in one hour from now with Dave Cameron, so I gotta re- recharge. Well, that sounds terrible. And then I have a conversation with an architect about designing a tiny house. Yeah. <laughs> I do at four. I felt I've never felt more like a child than when this when the architect's office responded to me. Is this something you're thinking about doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm just inquiring purely. But you bring this up now at the end of the conversation. I want to live. I just want to see what it's what would it cost to live off the grid entirely. Does this architect realize he's wasting time? Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote it. I said we're interested in tiny houses, but maybe putting one on a foundation and the designs. <laughs> did not write back immediately. I could tell this is not a priority for the architect's office. What the hell? Their business officer wrote back to me, and she said, that sounds dot, 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 interesting. <laughs> <laughs> did you just randomly Google an architect? And- no, actually, my wife and I visited a town, Biddeford, Maine, um, and uh, where the, the property values are not particularly high. Is Callie on board with your tiny house plan? She <laughs> she is interested to see how this conversation is going to go. This is this is this is remarkable. <laughs> There's no way I can frame it to the to the people who are designing it, other than we have no money. <laughs> this is remarkable. <laughs> this is a remarkable turn of events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used every euphemism I could think of. <laughs> to explain that we have very little money and ha- have almost no designs on having much more in the future. So basically, is, would, would you like a- plans that I can look at and amuse myself? <laughs> <laughs> we also don't have the skills to design it ourselves. Correct. Uh, I certainly build it ourselves, even though there are people who do. Can't you like put it on wheels and that obviates the need to buy land? Yeah, but you got to find land for it otherwise. I'm sure there's someone who pities you. You could <laughs> park your house on. <laughs> I know this woman. We got this, this French chef. Run on Western Avenue if you want to come here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a backyard? No. You don't? No. I said free street parking on Western Avenue. I didn't oh, say okay, okay, all right. If you were entitled to one parking spot, we could use that for the, for the mobile okay, one. I, you move it on cleaning days and snow days, and you're fine. Is that legal? Yeah, I have no idea if a park in a house out there is legal. I think that I think that a number of tiny houses. I'm very interested in tiny houses. I'll say that in minute. They, they are interesting from afar. I would never. Yeah, I, I, no. I also think I think they're very interesting, and I think they're models in terms of them being. Um, <clears throat> They're interesting in terms of the d- d- efficiency of design. Yeah. Because it, uh-huh. given the limited space, it forces the designers to use the space m- more wisely. Right. And I think that they're – you know, my wife and I lived in a very small apartment when we were in Paris. Sure. And it ended up being totally fine. I mean, yeah, it could be done. But, I mean, yeah. For the only thing I'd add is we don't have kids. Right, I was just going to say. And I think that requ- you need – if you have kids, 
it seems to me you need enough square footage so they could be in a place where you don't hear them. No, let me ask you this. Do you, do you like also like contact law offices and accountants just to waste the time of working <laughs> professionals on things you can't pay for? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm currently like in a bizarre tax situation and they attracted negotiations with a, with a local, uh, pool, pool construction business. Good to go to doctors for rare diseases. What, what if I had this? Yeah. Do you treat a bullia? Yeah. Because <laughs> I got a serious case. Excuse me, my mouth is full and has been for hours. You should start a GoFundMe page for just a guy who wastes the time before you professionals. No, I will start a page though of, um, maybe I'll do it on the same site where my, my, my hive countdown clock is located. <laughs> yeah. I can't. HiveClock.AngelFire.com. And uh, see if anyone's willing to take me on their land. (laughs) Does anyone have any land? The the thing is, I I would like to be within walking distance of something. If you also have land, would you also buy me a tiny house? (laughs) Or build it for me, either way. (laughs) Either way. Yeah. If you build it for me, though, I do have some precise specifications. I do, which I can... Which I can... Which I can... uh, uh, receive from from an architect in due time. <laughs> right. Are you going to finance the plans at like five bucks a month over the next ten years? Yeah, the uh, the plans are on layaway, and I receive a I receive one new square footage of design you, every, you go, every month. Up, you have to go pick up the plans at Sears at the layaway desk. <laughs> Put ten bucks down. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have a – well, I have a lot of ideas for the tiny house in terms of construction and uh, – I'm sure you have plenty of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is off off the rails, Dan. I, you know, I, I, I got to say I'm disappointed in you not telling me about the tiny house earlier in the conversation. Well, maybe because I knew that you would just – you would just uh, dim, belittle me. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I do see the charm in it, but I'm just, uh, yeah, that's, you do you, man. You do you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Dane. All right. I love you, buddy. Hey. Will you Thank stick you. around for one second? But we'll say, we'll, we'll say goodbye for the sake of the recording. Oh, sure, man. Sure. Thank you, Dane. Yeah, yeah. That has been Dane Perry of CBSSports.com's Zion Baseball. Fart. Carson Sestouli, this has been Fangraphs Audio.